How are my chewing noises? Good. I like them. They're solid. They're hard. <laughs> Your teeth are coming down hard on those those grains or flakes or whatever. Wow, that was a good one. That's dry cereal, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, Daniel. Brian. Do you want to say the traditional words? <laughs> All right. Oink us in, Brian. We're on a quest to comprehensively review all the different flavors of Oink, 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 everyone. Welcome to oink. Welcome to Pigginet. I'm Daniel Pig. <laughs> Porkinet? Porkinet. Yeah, let's pork it, Brian. Bacon it. <laughs> I prefer pork in it. No, what are we talking welcome to pork about? In it. Well, welcome to milking it, everyone. Uh, yes. Hello again, Daniel Cow. Hello again, Brian Cow. It's great to be here. It is. What kind um, of episode do we have today? Is it a normal episode? No. What? Today we do not have a normal episode. Oh. Yep, that's right. It is not a normal episode. This is exciting. Yeah, today is a special episode. It's special. Milking it. It is the cereal milk special episode. The cereal that milk I have been special planning episode. for a long time. Yeah, you've been planning for a long time. So Brian kind of pitched this episode to me, and I was like, "Wait, what? We do what?" So Brian, why don't you also pitch the episode to the listeners? The episode that they're listening to now. Why don't you pitch them listening to it to them? All right. So cereal milk special. Here's what we do. We have bowls of cereal. With milk, we eat the cereal. At the end of the cereal eating, you're left with a bowl of milk that has been flavored by the cereal soaking in it, sort of steeped in the milk, right? Mm. And then you drink that milk. And then that is your, that's your milk for the day, that bowl of milk. So uh, and, uh, Brian described this action to me and I was like, you do what with your milk? Because I'm like, I don't know if I've ever done that. I'm not a big cereal head. I don't eat a lot of cereal. But when I do, I usually, there's like a little puddle of milk at, at the bottom. And I'm like, well, that milk is wrong. Don't know if I'm going to be drinking that. Maybe. You leave it behind? It throw it away? I throw the milk away, yeah. I would go to my special oh waste pig. See, this is back when. Um, the milk pig. Back when I was con consuming milk at extremely high rates yeah. as a youth. I would like come home from school, have a bowl of cereal, fill it up with milk, eat the cereal, drink the milk, then have like a glass of milk with dinner, then have a bowl of cereal after dinner where I did the same thing and drank all the milk. You have so, cereal for dessert? I guess I can understand that. In the Lord of the Rings, they say it's filling up the corners. As a hungry when, boy. Yeah. when you if After a meal, if you're still a little hungry, you've just got to go fill up the corners. I think is cute, and that's what you were doing. Yeah, cute little Brian eating cereal, filling up the corners. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for this episode, I have acquired my all-time favorite cereal. Oh. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I've never heard of it. Well, um, it's pretty much, I can imagine it might be what you're thinking it is. It's little crunchy bits that are cinnamon covered. Um, wait, so hang on. Sit, wait, 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 wait. I was distracted by something happening off camera. Um, robot cat? My robot cat is back. Listeners, I have a robot cat. <laughs> and it's distracting sometimes. Um no, what I have is a baby monitor and a real cat who gets into the kids' room and then meows and then that triggers the baby monitor and it broadcasts meowing through a tiny little robot speaker at me and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I guess I have to deal with this. Um, but you said cinnamon toast crunch? Yeah. Cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, so you know cinnamon toast? I think I know, okay, I know fruit toast, which like, is often flavored like with cinnamon. So, like, you toast a piece of bread, and then you put some butter on it, and then you put some cinnamon on oh, it. Oh, I don't know cinnamon toast. Wow, that's mind-blowing. Okay, is that a thing? Is it, is it mind-blowing? Yeah. You put butter on, and then you put cinnamon on, and you eat it? Yeah, you got you put the butter so that it catches the cinnamon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then you eat it, and it's great. You, you put like cinnamon sugar, not just pure cinnamon, oh. probably. You'd put cinnamon sugar. Thanks for telling me. I wouldn't have known. I would have been in my down under my my pots and pans cupboard where I keep my spices, getting pure cinnamon and putting it on my buttered toast and going, "Oh, this Brian guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about." I mean, you could put like you could put pure cinnamon, but if you're going to do that, you'd put less. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got your cinnamon sugar, you put more. It sounds like it would be nice. So this whole concept has yeah. been turned into a cereal by some mega corporation, and you love it. Yeah. Cool. So it's little rectangular flakes of crunchy stuff, and it's covered in cinnamon and sugar. The rectangular flakes, are they like bread-looking? I mean, I think they're kind of... Um, they're going for that, maybe? They're just rectangular. Oh. So they've kind of gone with the essence of a bread... But they haven't like gone to great lengths to make it actually like bread shaped. You know how many loaves are rounded on top? Yeah. Um, Come to think of it, that would be that. They, that's fine that they didn't do that. I'm not mad at them. Although I do think I do think in the spinoff cereal French Toast Crunch, they did make them the shape of little toasts. Mm. It's, just, it's um, the same thing with but, like powdered egg in the mix. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and then so I've also acquired a Horizon Organic 2% milk uh. to to eat and drink with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So I've got a classic 2% milk, mm-hmm. and I'm gambling that this plus the Cinnamon Toast Crunch is going to be good. Yeah, all right. Shall I talk about what I've got? Yeah, let's hear it. So as far as milk goes, I've got a classic uh, West Australian uh, fullback go-to legacy brand, Harvey Fresh. So Harvey Fresh is like a – I think they started doing orange juice. Like Harvey is a region in WA and they used to produce oranges and I guess they also also produce milk. So Harvey Fresh orange juice has been a thing forever here and now Harvey Fresh milk 
also has. So I've got some pure West Australian full cream milk. It's free range, 100% Australian milk, one liter. Now, um, it's it's the UHT version. So it's full cream milk, but I keep it in my cupboard and then I go to it and uh, in the fridge when I need to drink milk. I don't drink much milk. So if I just buy like fridge milk from the supermarket, it tends to, uh, you know, by the end of the bottle, it's like, well, this milk's been open too long. So I buy little one liter cartons and I keep them in the cupboard. That's how I drink milk. Not a big milk guy, not a big cereal guy. Um, any, any thoughts on how I've described Harvey Fresh so far? It sounds good. I think the most important free, thing you need to know about range. the Harvey Fresh brand is that its mascot is this little kid, this dead-eyed, psychopathic-looking little kid in like a cowboy hat, <laughs> and it's got like, oh, blonde that- straw hair and this big dead smile. And he is on everything associated with Harvey Fresh. And you see him on like posters. Is he Harvey? I guess he's Harvey. He looks like he might be named Harvey. And he's got like, uh, he's a little kid. Well, he, he looks like 12 or something. But he's got like overalls, like he works on a farm for, with his dad or something. I don't know. But he looks just like the Mad Magazine What Me Worry guy. Oh, okay. But kind of a slightly more realistic, I don't know, drawing, painting of a kid. I don't know. It's weird. He looks weird and he's all over everything Harvey Fresh. Does full cream mean whole milk? I guess so. It's 3.5% fat. Okay, yeah, that's pretty whole, I think. Fat total, 3.5 grams per 100 mils. Yeah. So it's it's a little it's a step up from two uh, percent. Yeah, although maybe you know two percent might be the ideal mm, spot totally. for drinkability and all that. I find that gestalt. I've been through Sorry. phases. No, drinkability is a legitimate phrase outside the context of reviewing milk. I think, like in an official review scenario, I'd, I'd be penalizing you if you weren't saying gestalt, but. Here in this offhand chat, Brian, you're allowed to say drinkability. Okay. I've been through phases of, uh, in in my professional capacity, person, something I don't I don't do anymore. But when I did was a, when I was a pool man, I used to stop and get my lunches at like little little mini marts all the time, and so I'd often drink just like a carton of milk out of their fridge, and I'd always go for the high low or the two percent rather than a full cream milk because the full cream would make me feel a bit bleh. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, now, so sorry for being long-winded here, listeners and Brian. Uh, but so I, I mentioned I'm not a big cereal head. Brian kind of pitched this whole idea to me, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I can scrape some things together that I could eat uh, as cereal. And so what I've got is I've got two options. None of them are really like breakfast cereal. One of them is a very boring and disappointing thing that you'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. One of them is completely fucking insane. Um, uh, and I'm just going <laughs> to flip a coin and see which one I'll be I'll be treating as cereal. So I'll just tell you the options. The first one is a, um, say, a muesli. I think it's toasted. It might be lightly toasted. It's like muesli. It's wheat-free. It's got oats. It's got sultanas. It's got nuts. 
Uh, I think almonds and cashews. Yeah, and that's like, ah, oh, Daniel doesn't eat breakfast cereal, but he's got some muesli, which he likes to have with his yogurt. So I guess he can use that as a substitute. Um, that's what I'll be eating if my coin lands on heads. If my coin lands on tails, you think, hey, Brian, what do you think I'm going to be eating and calling cereal? Um, you are going to be eating and calling cereal a box of crackers. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that would have been a creative solution for me. No, I don't. I don't have boxes of crackers at the moment. Yeah, a slightly peppered, just like a a cracker you'd have with cheese. That would be good. Like Captain's Table is a yeah. brand here, just like or sesame crackers, like sesame crackers as cereal or peppered crackers. No, Brian, I'm going to be eating if the coin lands on tails. Golden Gay Time crumbs. Okay, what are those? <laughs> So Golden Gay Times are a very popular Australian um, ice cream, uh, like popsicle, and they are amazing. They're delicious. And their selling point is that they are coated in very soft cookie crumbs. The whole thing is like totally encrusted in cookie crumbs, these soft, chewy, chewy cookie crumbs. And a Golden Gay Time is a very special treat here in Australia. Uh, and it's one of the uh, pieces of uh, pieces of Australiana that I will defend as being legitimately good. A very light coating of chocolate is underneath the crumbs. I think the crumbs are stuck to the light layer of chocolate. And then it's like, a, I think, honeycomb-flavored ice cream inside. So it's like honeycomb ice cream, very light layer of chocolate, all that dipped in soft, soft, soft little cookie crumbs. And recently... Streets, the company that makes Golden Gay Time, began selling the crumbs on their own. And they were so unpopular that they didn't sell. And my wife, who uh, works in an office in a huge distribution factory, got to just take these tins of Golden Gay Time crumbs home with her one day because no one bought them. And now I've got them. So I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, it's boring muesli. If it's tails, it's insane Golden Gay Time crumbs, which I'm going to be eating and calling muesli. Happy? I'm a, I'm hoping you get the golden gay time crumbs. That sounds delightful. I'm sure everybody is, but imagine, imagine <laughs> the 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 uh, the tension. The I'm, I'm trying not to to say like blue ballsness. If I just get the the <laughs> muesli and I don't do the crumbs, there's going to be write-ins. They're going to be sitting at their phones, going, "Hey, Milk and It podcast, do a part two to your cereal. Make Daniel eat the gay time crumbs. It's going to be great either way." Have you eaten the gay time crumbs before? I, what are you kidding? Of course not. What would I eat them on? Of course. <laughs> what would anybody eat not. golden gay time cookie crumbs on? I don't know. You'd put them on some kind of food or something. Yeah, I guess you'd put them on ice cream, but I don't eat a lot of ice cream. Yeah, or like anything. I don't know. You could put them in. Um, you could put them into cookie dough as part of a cookie. Yeah. You know? hey, everything tastes better with golden gay time crumbs, so we've packed it into a convenient tin so you'll never go without crumbs again. Oh, they could, are like bread. Uh, you could like butter... bread meat with them. Oh, I thought you were going to say butter some toast and sprinkle them on like some kind of cinnamon freak. 
Oh, you could also do that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. It's like some weird fairy bread. So I read on the side that these are vanilla-flavored biscuit crumbs. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Why not, indeed. Best before the 28th of the 8th, 2018. Ugh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really hoping you get that. I wish I hadn't read that far. Um. All right. Should we? What should we do? What should we do, Brian? Should we do the coin toss now? We should flip the coin, yeah. All right, here comes the coin. Flip that coin. Flip that coin. Flip that coin. Ian. Yeah. Uh, do you think I'm looking at Queen Elizabeth or am I looking at a cute little platypus swimming in the water? Um, I should I stop giving you the platypus. third degree. I'm looking right at this platypus's face. It's tails, buddy. We're eating the gay time crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been ah, there would have been success. a one in the Seattle streets if this hadn't have happened. So I'm gonna pop the tin open. Ooh. There we are. Mmm. And they they smell like vanilla cookie. And I'm just gonna All scoop right. them into a fancy little bowl. I'm gonna milk I'm gonna apply milk to my cereal. I hope these stick together like they don't melt. I hope they don't melt. Let's find out. Uh, if if worse comes to worse, what I've got is a little cup and I've got a strainer so I can like strain the milk through the strainer and into the cup and drink it. So I'm just going to pop the top on this uh, UHT milk. What are you doing, Brian? Um, I've opened up my little milk jar and I poured the milk into the bowl and I now have a bowl. That is full of milk and cereal I'm gonna, together. I'm going to do the same thing here. As God intended. Okay. Now I'm going to gently smush the top layers of the cereal down so that every piece is fully coated in milk. Okay. Make sure these are entirely milked appropriately. This does smell just like Arnott's biscuits. Like, just plain, like biscuits that you'd drink tea with but like crumbled up and now I put them in some milk I'm going to take my first bite of the golden gay time crumbs mm. how are they should we talk about it or should we have the five minute thing do um, we could do a five minute thing I'm gonna have to eat this whole bowl pretty quickly, though. So, man, this is weird. This is weird. Are we really gonna? Hang on. Where's my chat timer? I locked it into the drawer, and now I can't get it out. Oh, this is really weird. We could also just eat fast and then cut to five minutes later. <laughs> you mean real do editing cuts? Mm-hmm. Sure thing. All right, listeners, we're just going to eat our bowls of cereal and we're not going to talk about it to each other. And then I think we're going to strain our milk off into our glasses. Maybe we'll do a quick little cereal discussion then and then we'll do the milk tasting. So that's going to happen right now. Bye. See you on the other end of this edit point. Bye, Brian. See you. Bye. Editor's note, 
This interlude track is Needlepoint Murder Case by the Japanese band Hose from their 2008 album Hose 2. Thank you. What do you reckon your milk yield is going to be? It's going to be good. It's going to be significant. All right. I'm looking at like a shot glass here. This stuff sucks up the milk like crazy. It's absorbent. Well, in classic me fashion, I poured a ton of milk in here. Yeah. A lot of people I realize maybe don't pour milk up all the way like until the cereal is entirely under milk. Jesus. But I do. So yeah, the amount that I've got here to taste, Brian, I'd describe as like what you'd pour yourself if you're having like a, a, a whiskey or something. Like it's a couple sips and that might do it for me. Oh, God. I might just quickly make some more. taste I haven't tasted it yet but what I'm doing is disgusting I'm not actually going to say it on the podcast but I poured my uh, like what was left of my cereal and all the milk through the strainer and all the milk went into the cup and then what was left was like a tofu of um, like a like a firm tofu of, of uh, what used to be golden gay time crumbs And then I just had to sort of slop it back into the bowl. I've added the rest of the crumbs. I'm stirring the milk around. I'm just going to restrain it. And then I'll have a pretty good four or so sips worth of milk that I can do a taste of. Maybe what I'll do is just take this segment and cut it and put it at the end of the episode. Totally sure. That's fine. Afterward. Uh, It's weird, like firm tofu. I'm now pushing it with the spoon to strain the last few drops of milk out. And I'm feeling sad about what I'm doing. (laughs) 
Did you use a cheesecloth? I haven't used a cheesecloth. No, I guess I could hang it up in my larder for a day. You'd really, you'd really feel like you were doing some sort of dairy task if you were doing that. Yeah. All right, I got a good half glass of milk now. It's not a big glass, but it's, it's half a small glass of milk. How about you, Brian? What have you got? I've got, I've got a significant um, bowlful here. Shit, am I recording? Brian, am I recording? Brian, I'm not recording. Ah, oh, what a country and oh my god! Brian, what are you doing? You're not recording. I'm not recording, Brian. Ah. Oh. Alright, well, start recording. I've started recording, Brian. You can hear my audio now. Have you been gathering the, um, <laughs> the, the call audio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you happy with us? It's like, are you happy with this right now and everything that just happened being in the pod and live? Or sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? Cool. Good job, everyone. That was fun, wasn't it? Great. I, I hope you're enjoying this what? good audio now, and I'm sorry about the previous... How long has it been, Brian? I can't tell, because I haven't been recording. 28... Ish minutes. 28 minutes. I hope you've been enjoying Fuzzy Dan for 28 minutes. Hi, welcome <laughs> welcome to clean, crisp Dan mode. Hope you enjoy it. I think there have only been a couple moments where the the Hangout audio like did a weird internet thing where it like, goes That's instead fine. of a word. That's, all, that's okay. But I'm sure they'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. If I got it, they'll get it. Exactly. All right. So I've got some weird milk to drink, and you've got some weird milk to drink? Yeah. Well, I'm, ooh, I'm feeling full from eating all that <laughs> cereal. Cause with, with, and with each bite of cereal, I would try to make sure that the spoon was oh, yeah. full of milk as much as it could be. Yeah, you don't want to be swallowing that good cereal milk. Yeah, so how was your cereal eating experience, Brian? It's fantastic. Cool. As expected. As expected. Um it's it's cinnamony, it's sweet. The little pieces are very crunchy, and as long as you eat fast enough, they remain crunchy for most of the time. Yeah. Um once they start to become soggy, it's no good, but um when they're crunchy, it's quite good. So yeah, no, it's very enjoyable. Um, and give, gave me a lot of nostalgia for the past. I had images in my mind of the different bowls I used to eat this cereal out of in my parents' house. In particular, I experienced a deep longing for this very large, um, essentially like a gigantic mug that my parents had. Uh-oh, Daniel has left the call. Things are not going well, listeners. Anyway, um, yeah, I experienced quite a bit of nostalgia related to the, uh, the huge mug that my parents had. It was like a really big mug bowl. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. It's mug-shaped, and it's larger than a bowl. Um we're back. Hello. So I could probably put like four cups of milk in there and like 
three or four cups of cereal in there and uh-huh, eat I just see. like the largest bowl of cereal anyone's ever had in their lives. Um, so I, I was having some nostalgia for that bowl while I was eating this cereal out of this bowl. Good I'm job, reminiscing Brian. about those those childhood days. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Good. That was I good did to mention hear. to the listeners. I did mention to the listeners that you weren't here for some of that. Yeah, so. I just got like <laughs> weird, weird in a void, fell off a cliff. <laughs> I was just talking, and then I was like, hmm, "Daniel's being very quiet right now." <laughs> yeah. I was being very quiet. In real life, too. I was just staring at my computer going like, wow, so the, the something's happened to the call. What do I do now? What do I... What what's, what direction does my life go in at this point? I guess I just sit here. And then there was a little notification. And it was Brian. Get back in the call, Dan. <laughs> and he sent me a link. And I was like, oh, thanks, Brian. And now I'm back in the call. So, best episode yet, huh? This will... This is our technical difficulties special episode. Yes, but uh, the difficulties have uh, so far, I think, not been terminal, which is a good feeling. And what doesn't kill you uh, makes you uh, makes you confused. <laughs> Fair enough. What doesn't kill you makes you confused. Yeah, that's what I always say. All right. How was my um, serial experience, a, uh, Dan? Yeah, that's what I would like to know. Yep. Uh, it was real strange. So, I think these Golden Gay Time crumbs, they're not very good. Um, but I think of all the ways that you could eat them, uh, in milk, pretending that they're cereal, that's one of the ways that you can do it. It worked. It happened, <laughs> of all, and it was possible. Of all the ways that you can eat them, that's one of the ways that you can eat them. That's saying something, though, because it was totally possible that that was not a way that you could eat them. What what saved them is that the, what I'd call, like, their saturation half-life, or, or what there's probably a term for that, like how mm-hmm. soggy they get with the milk, it happened slowly enough that I could eat them still experiencing crunch. There was every possibility that, like, some types of biscuit, as soon as they hit the milk, it would just turn into, like, nothing, to a slurry. And then it would be like, this is an impossible thing. It can't be done. But they held their texture long enough so that they would go crunch, crunch, crunch in my mouth as I was eating them in the milk, just like a good cereal does. So it worked. Was it a good experience? Well, at first it was fine. Um, and then progressively, more and more, I came to understand that this is not meant to happen that this is not meant to be eaten by the spoonful, that it's meant to be a condiment spread finely and thinly off the top of a different thing, like um, ice cream, for example, uh, and that what I was doing was insane and my body was was telling me so uh, by feeling sick. Um, but I did it, and now I have the milk, Brian. I strained the milk, the milk's in the cup. Well done, Daniel. Thanks. I'm very proud of you. Mm, that's nice of you. Are you hearing a weird beeping? I'm not. I've just figured out Are what you? it is. Ah. Uh, not to worry. Should I have been hearing it? Uh, no, not at all. No, it's just a weird beeping that's only in my head. It's all good. All right. Ah, you 
So, just in your head, perfect. Just in my head. So, uh, I think we should suddenly we transition to head. this being like a normal episode now. We'll do the chat timer thing while we drink our okay. milk, and then we'll do the review. Let's do that, yeah. Suddenly it's normal again. Welcome back. Suddenly everything's normal. Yeah. We've All right. emerged from the twilight zone <laughs> and re-entered the normal zone. Here we are. It's just the normal Milk in It podcast now. So... If the twilight zone is weird, what is the normal zone called? Is it the, like, just daylight day zone? zone? Mm. Daylight zone? Yeah, that, that suggests the existence of, like, a midnight zone where stuff is, like, so weird. Yeah. That would be a better show. Yeah, what show. is the midnight zone That like? should have been the reboot. The midnight zone? Yeah. Because that's how the ocean works, you too. Could... You go, like, daylight zone, mi- twilight zone, midnight zone, and then something... Uh, but... Something bottom. There's some like some word which reminded the me bottom? of the bottom. The bottom of the ocean. No, no. Um, the oh. Is it twilight zone? <laughs> this is gonna sound insane when I say it now, but it is the benthic okay. zone. Ah, benthic. Benthic. I think benthic yeah. is ocean. Is bottom. there a be- is there is there a benthic layer? Yeah, I think there's a benthic layer. I think there, maybe the like benthic layer, layer, yeah, above that zone, P- probably. Look, all I know about um, ocean, I learned from reading uh, Tom Clancy books about submarines. Oh, um, which is that at some point there's a layer in the ocean that will affect sonar. So if you are above that and another submarine is below it, ah, you, that kind of submarine can't sonar them. Well, of course he would uh, talk about Russians in nuclear submarines and that kind of thing. I thought Tom Clancy also wrote books about like you know uh, oceanographers in like cool diving bells and stuff. But no, silly old no, me. That, that would be quite cool. But no, we're talking the hunt for Red October mm. stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there are submarines in other books of his as well. Um, but yeah. Have you ever heard uh, of the... So are you... Oh yeah, go on. Hang on, Daniel. Of course. Are you telling me that the Twilight Zone TV show was named after the ocean? I'm sure it was. Uh, no, I don't know. No. I mean, if there's a Twilight Zone in the ocean... Yeah. I believe there's a Twilight then... Zone in the ocean. Oh, you believe there is? Okay, great. In as much as well. I believe uh, everything that I know, <laughs> Daniel, your your confidence in the scientific information is lacking right now. <laughs> um, I'll have you know that in Did a past life, you I was a very prestigious scientist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. No. Uh. Yeah. There's a Twilight Zone. There, the midnight zone, the twilight zone, and the daylight zone. I know it from watching Octonauts on uh, ABC Kids TV. Ah, where all good scientific information is found. Yeah. Um, Carnivores are always evil. Was there something else you wanted to say? Ah. Before I interrupted you earlier? Yeah, have you ever heard of the, is it the Gemini dolphin diving bell incident? I might be wrong about that. I don't believe I have. Yeah, better not bring it up. It's pretty miserable. Okay. But um, Daniel, how'd you get into podcasting? Ha ha. So, um, 
One day I was sitting around thinking about how long it had been since I played Dungeons and Dragons and how I kind of missed mm-hmm. it, even though it was a sort of unpleasant experience for me. And I was thinking, I bet there's Dungeons and Dragons podcasts out there. And so I typed D&D into a podcatcher, which I had downloaded, uh, Podcast Addict, and I found one. And I got so obsessed with this podcast that I made friends with all the people who made the podcast on Twitter. It was called Party Roll. And I'm still great friends with like Matt from Party Roll and I watch his YouTube videos and uh, they still do episodes every now and again. I'm still a huge fan. But what that led me to doing was bothering them. Uh, I'm sure you understand. You like a podcast. Yeah. You bother the hosts. You ask them to do stuff. Yep. You send them weird requests. All yeah. that stuff. Um, I did that to the point where I got a regular segment on their show. Uh, their their show was called Party Roll, and I had Daniel Roll, which was like a like a little like coming next on on Daniel Roll, like, and then I, I'd do a little audio skit, and then I got like the just the the process of editing my audio and like making little little decisions was such a creative outlet that I got kind of addicted to it. Um, and then, so there's a whole other, oh, there's a whole other branch to the story, but I can't get into it because officially the chat timer. speaking. Yes, sir. Cease and desist. Okay. Okay. Your slurping noises. Yup. Right. Okay. I've just put my finger on what this tastes like. This is, um, mind blowing for me. At this late stage in my review, um, what but does it taste like? It tastes like it? it tastes like a baby's rusks. It tastes like rusks that you'd give a teething child. What are rusks? What do you mean? What are rusks? You don't. What America is a different planet. You got babies. They chew on rusks, right? <laughs> no. What? We would never allow something called a rusk to go near a baby's mouth. It must be something called something unsafe. different then. A rusk is rusk. a super hard little bit. It's like a it's like a finger of incredibly tough bread. Like a it's it's an unsweetened milky cookie that's like smooth on the outside so I guess it's boiled somehow like a bagel but it's like if you if you it's not bendy if you if it's you tried croutons. to bend it it would snap you're giving croutons to babies it's a long smooth crouton the size of your thumb and the baby can gnaw and gnaw and gnaw at it with its its poor little it's a gums biscotti. it's a biscotti it's a, it's smoother than a biscotti it's like if you imagine oh wait you, no you know a no, vegetarian sausage not. This says it should not be confused with biscotti. Of course it shouldn't. Only an idiot would confuse a rusk with a biscotti. <laughs> what do you... You don't have rusks um, in America? What do your babies do? Do they just sit around going... Wah, 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 and you go, well, I don't know what to do. I'm on the... Interesting. So this says, in the US, commonly available types of rusk include Melba toast, which is sold packaged in grocery stores, which I've also never heard of. Melba Croutons, toast. which... I've heard of and biscotti, which are both found both at grocery stores and at coffee shops or cafes. We don't we don't give these to babies. I do not think. What? This is insane! What a gulf! What a void in your life, in your cultural world. A rusk. Do you know how many? Why would the? Oh my gosh! 
This Melba toast is named after an Australian person. I don't know why that would be the U.S. version of Rusk. Of course, Melba anyway. toast is named after an Australian person. They're from Melba. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. My gosh, Rusk, no. So Rusk, no, no, no. If you've never, I can't believe it. This is insane. But a Rusk is something that if you're an adult, you wouldn't eat, right? But we all do it anyway. No. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, you don't know what a rusk is because you never heard of a rusk. You can't say no, that's not what a rusk is, Brian. You got zero knowledge on the subject of rusks. And your Wikipedia page that you're reading is completely wrong. It thinks they're called Melbas. And it thinks they're biscottis and croutons. They're not. The Italy, the Italy section of that Wikipedia page says don't confuse them with biscottis. But it didn't say don't confuse them with croutons. They're not so croutons. They're, croutons. they're not croutons. They are croutons. Okay, so a rusk you would not want to eat if you were an adult because they are flavorless. They're just a texture. They're just like a hard... Okay, this is going to come way out of left field, but you know how ancient Greeks made dildos out of bread? I do not know that, actually. Yeah, so... But now I do. Flash, Bread can just be a building material. You can get, like, wheat and, like, mix it up with whatever else bread is made of, yeast, I don't know, and you can control the amount, so it's just you're making shapes out of this building material. And we've made these little, like, chew toy shapes out of them, and they're called rusks, but they have no flavor whatsoever, except for maybe a very mild milkiness. And so this... They seem like something you'd give to a dog. Yes! Yeah, to control its, like, uh, tooth... It's to give it good yeah. tooth stuff. It is. So you've just taken a dog biscuit. Yes. A, like a, a teething thing for a dog and given it to a child. And made it kind of child it appropriate. By making it like smooth and nice and not a dog thing that's like chicken flavored. It's like nothing flavored or rust. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just you. Maybe you'd go out uh, like, I don't know. Is there another American you can ask what a rusk is? I'm asking my family. You are right now? Are you? What are you? I yeah, didn't hear you. I've sent a message. Oh, I've, okay, I've, sure. I've sent a message to my family. I pictured you in front of like a Ouija board. No, my family includes my mom, who had four children. Yeah, she'll know about rusks. Would have needed rusks, and my sister, who has three children. She's probably got. She's probably holding a rusk on a right more now. recent timeline. But my sister actively has a baby. Yeah. So if she types a, a reply to you, she's probably typing using a rusk that she happened to be holding because they play such a massive mm-hmm. role in everyday life in civilized Australia. And so presumably right. America too. Presumably. Presumably. Okay, Daniel. Well, this has been... What's a rusk? An edifying diversion. Oh. Um... But that's what your thing tastes like? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, my milk tastes like rusks. But they taste like nothing. They taste slightly milky. (laughs) 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 Shut up, Brian. So your milk milk tastes slightly milky? It tastes like a wheated version of milk. It tastes like if you were to try and make a milk-tasting thing out of wheat and bread, it would taste like this. But it's a milk that tastes like that. It tastes a bit br- like like a I don't know it that's all that's all I can do. 
Every sane person listening what to it? this podcast is like, yeah, Daniel makes total sense right now. I understand. I'm in the right. Okay, good. All right. Sure. I'll. Why not? Should we address the elephant in the room and milk it? Let's milk the elephant. What? I don't even... <laughs> Should we milk the elephant in the room? Let's... <laughs> the the scores, Daniel, the scores. Okay. Yeah. Since you've already addressed the taste and the milkiness a little bit, why don't you give us a number okay. for the milkiness so and the, the tastiness? The milkiness. Oh, wait. You, no, wait. Daniel, we're going to do we're going to do our normal format here, which is you blast through all your scores and then I'll blast through all my scores. Sure thing. So let's pick, let's commence blasting. As opposed to our previously normal format where we go back and forth. Yeah. What's that thing they yell on Swedish dynamite? There's like a Swedish word you yell when you're about to blow something up. They go, Tommelaboo! Or something. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, let's let's go. So, milkiness. This is pretty milky. It's not as milky, I don't think, as the flavoured milks have been. But I think that they buffer their own milkiness with, like, weird, you know... Uh, milk solids and weird gums and and whatever else. Uh, so even though this is like full cream milk, I'm giving it a score of sixty. It tastes milky, but I think the flavored milks they get milkier somehow. Tastiness is a strange thing to assess here. Um, okay, it's good. I can't give it a bad tastiness rating. It's actually good, but it's the kind of good that you would have a craving for. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, like 10 years old, I once tried infant formula that was made for my little cousin. And I've always kind of had that flavor in my head as being like, oh, infant formula is good. Like it's a nice, like it's a nice flavor. This kind of, the rusk flavor also kind of reminds me of infant formula. Um... And this is that, but very, actually, like, unpleasantly strong. So I'd say it's a nice flavor, but, like, overly done. Uh, And if you are making this milk product that I've just made in my back room, if you are making it commercially, I'm sure you could control the flavor a bit better than me. But still, I can't give this under a 50. Can I? Maybe I can. No, I am. It's 40-something high. 47. It's good, but it's not unequivocally good. It's good on certain circumstances, and it's not perfect right now. Creativity. This is going to be, like, I don't know, This specifically the crumbs from a specific brand of ice cream. I can't not give that a high creativity rating. This has got to be and one of the... And putting it in milk. And then put it... This has got to be one of the most creative things that, that has been on this podcast, right? So you're not going to be mad at me if I, do, if I go, like, 90, right? Sure. Do it. I'm going 91. Furthermore, the value given to me for free in fact two tins given to my wife by her company for free because they couldn't be moved they could almost be nothing more valuable oh Daniel (laughs) I see where this is going Daniel I can't quite give it a hundred that would be but the browns mokage (laughs) yeah I remember getting that one for free so it deserves to get a hundred this one like sure sure because it's such a weird duck that this is that these crumbs are it's not like you're getting something useful for free. You're getting something that no one wanted for free. So I'm giving it a high value score, but it's not 
perfect. It's 94. 94 values for the Gestalts. This, uh, it can't be rated higher than tastiness because it's an unpleasant experience. The sediment at the bottom of the cup makes the milk muddier as you go down. Uh, the flavour is slightly too strong. Even though it's a subtle, like, babyish, formula-ish flavour, it's a little bit too strong in this milk. Which is weird, considering it was just infused from cereal. Um, I'm gonna call it cereal, yes. Uh, so it's 32. It's a low 30. The Zeitgeist... Um... Uh... I don't even know what to do here, Brian. What do I do with this Zeitgeist score? The tin it comes in is, like, decorated in a... It's a weird version of the wrapper that the Golden Gay Time ice cream comes in. Um, so which Daniel, I, I like. Yeah? I had a question here as well. Should we be Zeitgeisting the milk and cereal containers together as a joint experience or should we be zeitgeisting the milk after having eaten the cereal um i think by like am i by definition the zeitgeist is all encompassing so let's do everything that we can think of that's contributing to what this is that we're doing okay great so yeah good point uh, the Harvey Fresh bottle's a bit average. That weird kid freaks me out. Um, the Golden Gay Time container, it's uninspired, but what there is there, I like. It's a bit too boring, what they've done with the design job, but what the, the basic bones that they were working with are something that I like. The milk has a kind of tan colour, very much like a baby's rusk. Um, the smell is even kind of pleasant. So I'm hovering around a middling, like, high average. I'm giving it 59 zeitgeists. Yes. And Brian, my lecture is over. Take the floor. Wonderful. All right. So my cinnamon toast crunch, milk. Um, Milkiness, I've given it a... Here, I'll give it a 99. Whoa. It is almost entirely just milk. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how it could get more milky. You could have used uh, whole milk, right? Just drinking milk. Um, would not a whole milk be more milky, or would that be somehow less milky? I think that would be just about the same amount of milkiness. Wow. Okay. The milkiness is strong. In this bowl of milk that I'm drinking. I can't argue um, with you. Your, your speaking sense. And then there's just a little, little cinnamon residue in there. Tastiness. I've given it a... Um, hmm, actually, I'm going to change... I'm going to change what I've given it there. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a 76 on tastiness. Um, seventy six trombones makes a big parade. So the music man, yeah, probably. Anyway, sure. keep on going. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It tastes good, um, but it does mostly taste like milk. There's it's it's sweet. There's you know sugary residue and cinnamon residue left over from the cereal that gives it a sweetness that's nice a little bit of a light flavor but it's very milky um it's not incredibly tasty and there's not that much of a taste other than milk taste mm. so it's mostly just like drinking yeah. like a slightly sweeter glass of milk that's interesting um, it sounds like in comparison my uh, gay time crumbs really did a number on my milk because it was like whoa this is heady like it really yeah. got in there it got up in its up in well, its milky guts well and that's the thing about the cinnamon toast crunch is if you eat it quickly enough while the cinnamon toast crunch remains crunchy then really all that you're adding to the milk is a little bit of sugar and cinnamon mm. And so it's it it's nice, um, but it's not it's not a really bold flavor. But it's good. I like it. Um, creativity. I've gone twenty seven. I don't think that hmm. um, putting milk and cereal together is an uh, entirely creative endeavor. Um, <laughs> many people have done it for a long time. C- um, I've also recently discovered that putting bread in milk goes back very far in the history of humankind. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this is t- super creative. Um, am I allowed but to, to say something thought. in defense of your of your cereal of choice? I think you think the cereal is creative? I think so. I think like maybe this is just like some perception I have, but I feel like you could break people down into being cereal people or being toast people and I am a toast person. I feel like you're a cereal person. But I feel like the cereal that you're 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 uh, enjoying is a weird bridge between the two. It's like a toast flavored cereal. Right? Yeah, but it's not really meant to I don't know. Mm. It's just like a normal cereal that's got cinnamon, cinnamon sugar on it. Sure, fair enough. I think I think the French toast crunch is much more, in, like, it is much more intended to be like French toast, right? Little pieces. Um. So I I think like they've gone more for actually like they've leaned into the French toast side of that. Gotcha. Whereas the cinnamon toast crunch has leaned into the cinnamon crunch parts of the name. Yeah. I see. And the little things are toasted, obviously, but like all cereals are little like toasted things, aren't they? Right? Like toasted flakes of whatever. And then you put sugar on them and yeah, throw the cereal. But they're flavored stuff like cocoa or they're flavored like uh, fruits, loops of fruit. But this one is like specifically yeah. a, a flavor of toast, and uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. They've obviously gone, oh, we can make like a cinnamon flavored cereal. People, what if we called it like a cinnamon toast cereal? They already know what cinnamon toast is. Obviously, everybody does. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll let you keep on maybe. going. Sure, do um, value. So because I've had to buy a full box 
family-sized box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I mean, I didn't have to, but I wanted to. But anyway, to get to this, to get to this point, I bought a big box of cereal. I bought a whole thing of milk. I had to put them together. I had to eat the cereal to get to the milk. It's quite a lot of effort. So value of this milk, I've given it a seven because um, mm. a lot of work has gone into it mm. and money. More money than I would have spent on any of these other milks. Gotcha. So seven for value, not great value. No. Um, gestalt. It is uh, a solid gestalt. A lot of that is due to the fact that I've chosen a nice 2% milk as my base mm. for the Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk. So I've given it a 72 you know, no real obstacles there. Um, it does take a bit of a hit from the fact that I had to eat the cereal to get to it. So I'm already feeling full by the time I start drinking the milk. Mm. And I'm not sure I want to drink all the way down to the bottom. And then also at the bottom, as you get down closer, there's more and more um, like cinnamony stuff and residue. And it's yeah, um, the silt. It gets less appetizing. Like the bottom of a river. More sort of, yeah, silty is a perfect word for it. 72 there. Um, and then Zeitgeist. Uh, as discussed, lots of nostalgia here, which is great. Um, for some reason, the back of the box of cereal was uh, just a giant face of like a sort of anthropomorphized cinnamon toast crunch. So... It was like if you had a piece of cinnamon toast crunch, one little piece that was the size of a cardboard of a cereal box that had a face on it. And I don't know why they did that, but they did that. And I liked it. it when I turned the box around, I was like, whoa, mm. there's a face there. Um, so that was fun. And then the box is, of course, a familiar design that I, you know, know and love. The milk looks good in its container. Obviously, that's part of the reason why I chose that milk was I was attracted to the container. It made me think that'll be a delicious milk. And, um, but then it suffers a bit once you get to the actual drinking of the milk part because you're looking at a bowl where the milk is slightly yellowed from soaking in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mm. It looks dirty. It's just got these little brown specks in it, you know, mm. which is the cinnamon. And when, knowing that it's from the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, of course, I'm not put off by it. But it doesn't necessarily look appetizing. If you were to just like be handed a glass of milk that looked like this, you'd be like, um, this is quite dirty milk. Yeah. So, uh, but it still gets a pretty good zeitgeist from me um giving it an 83 cool yeah cool cool all right so it, it sounds like we've and both that, got pretty cool strong totals this might actually not be something yeah. i know who's won at will you run through your scores again uh i got 60 for milkiness my tastiness was 47 my creativity a 91 my value a 94, judged 
uh, on an entirely separate scale to how you judge yours. But hey, that's fine. This is science. Hey. Gestalt, 32. And Zeitgeist, 59. My total. Are you ready? Well, I I know what it is, yeah. It's 383. It is 383. Would you like to know what my total is? Please, yes, Brian. My total is 364. Yeah, I gotcha! With my rusk-flavored milk, Daniel K takes the day. Milk of the day. Fantastic. I'd wager that if you hadn't gotten that for free... Oh, absolutely. And if I'd uh, considered the cost of the milk, which wasn't that high. It's like cupboard milk. It's like a dollar. It's fine. Um, Yeah, but... I'm happy. I'm glad it won. The flavor of this is like more, uh, more interesting and pleasing than a lot of the flavors of flavored milk I've tried. So, I'm I'm happy with it being a relatively high scoring milk. Uh, and frankly, the the fact that it it's was a success that this thing that I did in this room was a success is like, oh my god, it happened! Like it, it gets points for being, uh, you know. Uh, I yeah. don't know, the th- throwing a basketball over a house into a basketball hoop kind of a trick, even if it was a sloppily done one. Daniel, I have a question for you. Mm, fire away, old chum. Are you familiar with the milk and cereal song? No. Well, I'm going to play it for to you. To fly a right rocket now. ship, oh, you okay. need to be an optimist. No, that's, oh, that's an ad. God damn no astro. Give them to the needy. Feeling kind of greedy. I keep that for myself. 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 Man, this is good. Yeah. It's got a yeah. Uh, I like that. I've actually. It's got um, quite a good rhythm there. Yeah, it gets. Yeah, it gets good. I've heard the first few seconds of that song before it turns out, Brian, but I don't know where. What the hell is the cereal and milk song, Brian? It's just the milk and cereal song from the internet. Okay, from the internet. So it wasn't like a real recording artist put that out, or it wasn't associated with some viral marketing thing, or. No, it's just some internet. Thing. Some dudes on the internet did it. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. For a while there, there that, that intro soon. had a kind of Moondog vibe. You know Moondog? No. I do not know Moondog. We- Sorry. Weird, uh, yeah, a weird homeless composer in New York, and he makes mostly like 
whatever the, you know, row, row, row your boat? How you're supposed to sing that and then someone else will start singing on like the second. In a round. Yeah, in a round. He makes like uh, mostly songs which are like that. Like uh, two or three different people all singing the same song at slight different intervals. And for a little bit, that Milk and Cereal song was a bit like that. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it has a little bit of that vibe. It's like, quite nice. I liked it when the drum beat kicked in, though. That that improved yeah. things quite a bit. I'd say milkiness. Right, it wasn't very milky. Uh, I'd give it like a the 30. Song? Yeah, a song. 31 for milkiness, but oh, the no. tastiness was right up there. Ooh. Creativity? Yeah, it's looking pretty good. No, okay. Let's jump mm-hmm. off this bit. Cool. All right. Should we should we round up? Should we conclude by recapping our score leaders? Absolutely, we board? should. Yeah, across the milk board. All right, Daniel. Our milkiest milk. Do you know what it is? Uh, whatever the one you just had was then. Yes, it is our cinnamon toast crunch milk, it's a which milk. is almost entirely just <laughs> straight up milk. What milkiness score did Do you, you give remember? it? Ninety nine. 99 so if you were to taste just the milk without any cereal would that be a hundred of course right that makes sense yes that's 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 right that's right and true you can't get more milky than milk no if we were to uh, compare different brands of milk you'd have to go into fractions of percentages you go like 99 and two-thirds percent (laughs) kind of thing yeah, well, there's other parts. There's tastiness. There's that's true. Value. That's true. That's true. When it comes there's to milk, creativity. When you're just tasting plain milk, it's a binary switch. It's zero or a hundred. But when it's flavored milk, <laughs> they've obviously added extra non-milk things to it. So you've got to take into account the non-milkiness factor. When it's milk, yeah, <laughs> it's on and off. The, when you're flavoring a milk, <laughs> your objective is to maintain the milkiness. You have to flavor it without destroying its original milkiness. Yes. And also, I suspect many of these flavored milks are not made by just taking a milk and adding flavor to it. The R- process seems to be much more... Um, chemical. Sort of scientific. Yeah, yeah. Chemical. Industrial. Labby. It's almost like we should it's be mil- uh, assigning these... Uh, like a an unmilkiness score like a negative score that gets taken off or something or yeah, that's isn't that what milkiness is yeah i guess i guess i guess it works the You're same starting way. from 100 and working your way down yeah i was thinking we could do one of these where we assign it like you know three d10s and so if you like something you give it four d10s and then you roll and you go oh i got mostly twos and ones so it didn't score high but it could have but then that would be insane that's for a different podcast so put that in your pocket for later. The D and D, yeah, like milk special. Ah, uh, this milk sucked. I'm gonna give it one D ten, and you roll. Ah, oh, shit, it got a ten out of ten. Uh, or you know. Do you do you ever DM games? Uh, no, not really. Hmm. Well, maybe we can get Adam Carnavale to do a um a milk themed D and D episode with us. That? What? Who's who's Adam Carnavale? Adam Carnavale? He's from um D and D is for Nerds on oh, Sans Pants Radio. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know his <sighs> name was Carnavale. This is the guy who yeah, just goes like, is. and I'm Adam. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm assuming, unless there's another Adam. I like D and D's for nerds. It's a good show. Yeah, it's, Grayson. It is. I like Adam a lot. Foggy Feather. He's really fun. Yeah. Um, what are we at now? Our tastiest milk of all time. What are your favorite Sans Pants shows? Um, actually, I haven't listened to very many of them recently. No. Uh, I really enjoyed Shut Up a Second for a long time there. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got into I it. I like Plumbing the Death Star as well. Mm. And um, and then I listened to D and D's for nerds for a little bit. And I think those were the three that I really listened to a a reasonable amount. Yeah, I think Plumbing the Death Style is one of the first podcasts that I, I kind of got into. Uh, yeah, it would have been one of my first podcasts that I listened to a lot of. But then I never really got yeah, that, that hard into other of their stuff apart from D&D is for Nerds. And uh, they do, if you like D&D is for Nerds, they do a dinosaur-themed a campaign or a Jurassic Park themed campaign where it's like a role play a tabletop role play game but set in a in a you know di- dinosaur park from Jurassic Park and it's real cool all right i forget I'll check what it's it called but you'll find it yeah plumbing the dust i was also one of the first podcasts that i actually like listened to mm. and continued to listen to in my in my podcast listening life um anyway our tastiest milk is the starbucks cafe latte iced espresso yeah which i'm starting to feel like anyway i feel like maybe things have gone wrong there uh, i mean you i'm can just have looking a, at the yeah I, i'm not that upset about it well so what i'm upset about is the score i gave to this the Snickers chocolate milk, ah, which I drank a few more of those after reviewing it on the podcast, and holy crap, it is so good! Mm. It is just so tasty. I yeah, ooh man, but my my problem with it, I guess, which is still fair, is that the Snickers flavor, and I looked it up. It is supposed to taste Snickersy, so it's supposed to taste a little bit nutty and caramely. Yeah, I feel like there's not enough of the Snickers flavor still, hmm. but it's still such a good chocolate milk. I think for that reason, you can't give it a, a, like you can't give it the score it deserves because it should have been it should have been a better a better Snickers yeah. milk. Even though it was great, it should have done something slightly different. But it tastes so good. Oh. It's delicious. Mm. Um, In that creativity, case, they should have just creati- started their own milk thing. They should have not called it Snickers milk. Whatever yeah. company owns, they should go come out. Hey, check out this incredible well, so they, chocolate milk that we we try we designed. We were trying to make a Snickers milk, didn't quite work. But hey, this is like the tastiest milk on well, some so here's podcast. the thing, Daniel. Daniel, here's the thing. Uh-huh. It was made by Nestle. Oh, you know what Nestle owns? Go on. Nestle owns Nesquik. Yes. Do you remember the Nesquik double chocolate milk? Uh, I remember it being uh, okay. Not right? that good. Not that great. 
I'm like, how did the same company make a double chocolate milk that was not that? I'm like, if the if they had put that Snickers milk in the Nesquik double chocolate bottle, mm, imagine that. I would have been I would have been a hundred on the tastiness. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they think of that? Mm. Why didn't they taste this and go, holy shit, we made good chocolate milk? Let's put it in a chocolate milk bottle. Yeah. Anyway, there's nothing this podcast does better than uncovering other people's idiocy. So yeah. Congratulations! Our most creative milk of all time, Daniel. Yeah. Do you know what our most creative milk of all time is? Was that that weird cup that I just drunk? Yes. Sweet. (laughs) This has been a great episode for for the scores, and a pretty good episode overall. I'm happy with it so far. Good job, Brian. It was the golden gay time crumbs milk. And value. Do you know what our best value milk is? Yeah, it was the mocha. Allegedly. Allegedly, it was the Browns Mocha Chill. <laughs> what was the second best value milk? Our second best value milk was the Dairy Gold Strawberry Milk that I drank that was not very good, but it was cheap. Cool. Gestaltiest milk, Daniel, mm-hmm. is still uh, the oh, Dunkin' Donuts yeah. French Vanilla. Which, why not? Yeah. Um, and the zeitgeistiest milk of all time so far. Now, was that the mocha one too? Yes, it was. Yeah, because it made me feel like I was skipping school to hang out with my dad back in the early 2000s and drinking a mocha, a mocha chill. Yeah. But, Daniel, but do Brian, you know hmm? what our total... Our total score leader is. Oh, uh, yeah, it was whatever was last week, right? Was it? I don't remember what last week was. Um, but it's the Snickers chocolate milk. Yeah, it was like 500, wasn't it? 455. Ah, uh, 455. So it's got a good 37-point lead over the Bingaree banana milk. Mm, man, this is a hard game for a milk to win. The milks entering this competition, Brian, they're like, shit, man, this is punishing. These guys, these umpires, they do not mess around. They're looking well, down you at the goalpost and they're in... like, woof, this is a long court. You can't I just think. you can't just be good at one thing, right? Mm. A lot of milks come in here and they're like, I've got milkiness. I've got tastiness. I'm creative. I'm cheap. <laughs> but they can't, they can't do it all, right? Yeah. They deserve props for all those things. This is like the Olympics. This is like if the Olympics made them do everything at once, but then also <laughs> assess their ability to do them individually while they were trying to do everything else. Yeah, it's the pentathlon. Yeah, whatever. but like the pentathlon and also ping pong and kayaking and taekwondo. And they're like, oh, well, you were trying real hard, but you only really succeeded at ping ponging. So I guess you get a ping pong score of like 79, but uh, you were shit at everything else. And you're like, oh, I came in for the shot put, but I couldn't find a shot put. Anyway. Exactly. All right. And on that note. Yep. Do you want to moo us out? I will moo us out. And bring that your cow in, Brian. Cereal, Make a moo. Cereal milk special. Thanks for listening, everyone. Moo. Moo. That was a good one. Milk. Milk. Milk.